Welcome to That Shit Movie's Quite Good, a podcast where the presenter loves every crappy movie ever made. This podcast is hosted by Graham Crow. He knows a lot about movies and sport and not much about anything else. You'll find him laughing at his own dad jokes on a regular basis. And if you think Gossip Girl is a worthy shit movie, then you're definitely in the wrong place because it doesn't even rank. Watch out for little ears. This podcast can contain strong language and, depending on the movie, adult themes. It may also contain movie spoilers if you're the kind of person who doesn't line up at midnight to see the first session. You can listen in via the website or wherever semi-decent podcasts can be accessed. If there's show notes, which will only appear if the soccer isn't on, they will appear on the website at thatshitmoviesquitegood.com. If we had sponsors, we'd make a big deal of them right here, even throw some confetti. We do have to thank Bombora Digital for the website and Kevin McLeod for the intro music. You can find their links in our show notes. If you want to be one, get in touch. Now onto the shitty movies. Here's your host, Graham Crow. Welcome to That Shit Movie's Quite Good. I'm your movie-loving host, Graham Crow. Joining me today, as always, but from his COVID safe spot, it's uh, the uh, the Clyde to my Philo Beto. Right turn, Clyde. It's Uncle Phil. How you doing? <laughs> Are you... What? Uh, hang on. Did you just call me an orangutan? Well, you know, man of the... You're, you're a man of the, uh, man of the forest, are you? Yeah, well, man, that movie made a motto. Look, yeah, I'm well. I'm good. I'm really, I'm going really well. How are you going? Yeah, not bad. Pretty good uh, since the last time we met. Um, mm, been a while. Now we're now we're getting close to Halloween. It's uh, we thought we'd uh, I thought we'd do a a, a spooky special. Yeah, um, spookily so, close to Halloween. Yeah, it's uh, and well, we'll we'll find out what we thought about the movie uh, that we chose to watch uh, or that I chose to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was all on you, fella. <laughs> I kind of really, really wish I'd gone with Fright Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be telling spooky campfire stories about what happened to that podcast guy after his, after that lame Halloween special fell on its ass. Yeah, someone someone had a, a fire burning on the side of the property, you know, and I, I crashed into a light pole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the story of the headless podcaster. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Oh dear. So let, let me start. We'll we'll get the get right. get the, the the intros and the, the little bits out of the way, and we'll and then we'll get into the film. Okay. So with Halloween just a couple of days away from us. Um, there is also a couple of events that are of, that are fairly noteworthy, I should say, uh, coming up. Uh, first, it's the Who Cares event of the year, the US election. Um, unlike us here in Australia, uh, the, the guys in the States don't have to vote. But as we say here, if you don't vote, you can't complain. You're so a flame in my world. <laughs> yeah. um, and funnily enough, the second event, which... Uh, which may occur after the election <laughs> is, is a repeat of Guy Fawkes. <laughs> it's Guy Fawkes night uh, on the 5th of November. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. And yeah. uh, yes, uh, it's, uh, it's a night where kids not really old enough to be out on their own, wander around with an effigy of, the, of, uh, of Guy Fawkes, soliciting a pound for the guy in the UK. 
Uh, I remember it well. That was the last night I had two hands. Remember? They they then they then take the uh, take the guy to bonfire night, and they chuck it on a enormous pile of treated pallets. Basically, you know, you're treated with the dildren or DDT stuff. You know, the chemicals. You know, you know, pallets yeah, treated, you know and these like, things these things are like you know eight ten foot high in the middle of a park somewhere, they chuck the guy on, they set fire to the pallets, and then people stand around, watch the bonfire and inhale the chemical fumes. Hmm. I think I'd rather have a fracking plant in my backyard. <laughs> explains a lot about some places in England, but you know, <laughs> that's just the way it is. Um, and also Halloween. Halloween, which uh, what, Halloween. We're celebrating, uh, what we're celebrating today um, <clears throat> with the uh, podcast that we're doing. Um, and that's also, that's also an event where, you know, kids go out who really aren't old enough to be out by themselves, soliciting all, uh, sweeties and lollies from the local sex offenders. Um, <laughs> this has taken a dark turn. <laughs> you know, well, it's, it's Halloween. Um, yeah. And then... Once they come home with a bucket load of uh, sugar, ingest that and spend the next 10 hours running around like headless chickens. Or if you're like my kids, you hide it in your underwear drawer for two and a half years. And when you clean your room, you pull it out and it's all furry. Awesome. Hang on. What's all furry? Oh, no. Move on. Move on. Um, And finally, the the most important event of uh, the October-November period, the Halloween period, is the wife's birthday. Can't forget that. No. Um, so happy birthday, Jay. If you're listening, I know you're not because <laughs> you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you couldn't find the subscribe button on the website. <laughs> I keep trying, I keep pressing I keep pressing it for her, and then she keeps yeah. unsus- unsubscribing. So you know, I can't win. Cut <laughs> <laughs> fingers off. She can't unsubscribe then. Uh, In know. the spirit of Halloween, of course. I said to her, you know, you need to listen to my podcast. And she said to me, why would I want to listen to you on the podcast when I have to listen to you at home? So, well, you know, that's a strong argument. It, it, well, I, I, I saw the pros and cons, you know. And, and Well, you know, if you've got to yeah. listen, listen to me when I'm not here as well as when I'm here, you don't really have any downtime. Oh, okay. Okay. Good one. Okay, which brings us to tonight's movie. Um, so there's a lot to be said for John Carpenter, which we have in the past. Uh, we did uh, Big Trouble in Little China, um, yep. and we, we kind of reviewed his his, his back films. Um, uh, so today we're looking at a film that's sandwiched between probably two of his best works, Halloween and The Thing. Um, and it's a it's basically it's a ghost story about revenge, um, and or, or revenge on on the ancestors of people who caused an event some hundred years previously. Um, so as uh, Stevie Wayne says, <laughs> lock your doors. There's something in the fog. <laughs> I can't quite better. do it. She does it better. She does it. It's very saucy, isn't it? I'll tell you. Yeah. Oh dear. So our, our, our film, we're doing the fog, by the way, if you didn't get it. Um, our film starts, it's, a, it's on a beach. It's 12 o'clock at night. It's the 21st no, of April. No, that's no, incorrect. Oh, no, it's, it's not. 11.55. 11.55. Oh, come on. Just give me five minutes. I know the storyteller. <laughs> you can't. Okay. Yeah, well, it's, it's 11.55. It does a great job. 
It's a let me do it. It's, it's, it's eleven. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's eleven fifty-five. And they're telling the telling the story of well, he's telling a campfire story. You don't really know the the um, whether it's a legitimate story or whether it's just a, a story to scare a whole pile of six-year-old kids who are on the beach way past their bedtime. With haircuts, they look like they uh, they were children from the corn. Well, they've got looks like mums put you know the, the the very large mixing bowl on their head, and then mm. followed the lines of the mixing bowl. It's yeah. It's the late seventies, early eighties. It has a lot to answer for. I don't remember having hair like that, but I'm sure. I don't remember having hair. Yeah, well, it's been a while for you. <laughs> <laughs> I might start spontaneously crying, folks. I'm I'm going to make a plug now. Ashley Martin. Yeah, yeah, for hair. <laughs> You're a wanker. <laughs> I can't spit. I can't. I can't spit my drink on. No. The new, uh, the new technology. I will be murdered. Um, <clears throat> what did you think the um, about the storyteller rocking the captain's hat? Oh, it was awesome. It, it, it kind of added that extra bit of um, that that extra bit of feeling to it. Like yep. he was like this salty sea dog captain who was telling this. With a, you know, the aging storyteller with the you know the cap and that grey beard. And yeah, um, there was also that. Um, there was also that kind of. Um, well, the, the other people watching the film with me, uh, uh, Jay and Ella, um, made reference to an old man with a bunch of young boys on a beach late at night. Um, and we know where that story's going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you want a lolly little boy. <laughs> but but um, I know I was quick to, you can't say that. No, that's not, that's not very kind. He's telling a sea, a salty sea dog ghost story. Great. Look, it's a pretty spooky story as well. It right? is too. It is. It's a very spooky story. It really story. gets into it. I mean, it's really, you know, it's, um, so are you going to touch on the actual. On the story? Well, he's telling a story of the 21st of April, 100 years ago. Um, and it's uh, about a, sh uh, 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 a ship that's led towards the reef by a fire that's been lit on the beach and the ship crashes into the reef thinking that it's, oh. that the fire on the beach is like a light, like a light signal yeah. guiding them to safety. Um, but it's really guiding them onto the rocks um, and the ship crashes onto the rocks and, yeah. and the, uh, all the while it occurs all, during a heavy, fog. heavy sea swell. Yeah. And, and everybody, a heavy fog, a heavy fog. That's right. Yes, and everybody on board is is killed. Basically, there's no there's, there are no survivors to this shipwreck. Yeah, he, he sort of ornately covers in his short short five minute story because he wanted to wrap it up by midnight. That's, That's right. By seven fifty five, he sort of wrap, wraps it up, you know, and, and quite ornately says that they, you know, they all drown with salt water in their lungs. So it, it wasn't a happy ending for the um, no. It was fairly it was, the you, crew you, of the small clipper ship. You, you kind of get the feeling that it was fairly unpleasant for the pretty much for those, um, and, and yeah, as as I say, you're not really, you just think he's telling a spooky story, don't you? He's, it's like yeah, a, it's oh, like yeah, a, it's a Saturday night on the beach. The kids have been out there having fun and stuff, and now they're sitting around the campfire, and he's telling campfire stories, scaring the living bejesus out of people. <laughs> they, they, they're really buying it hook, line, and sinker <laughs> because they're not saying much. No, no, they're pretty, pretty terrified. Um, so, 
the 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 place that we that we are is a is a it's it's California. It's a little place called Antonio Bay, um, and we uh, <clears throat> we jumped to a, a <coughs> at that point we 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 moved to a church scene. Yeah, and the and the father, uh, uh, played by Hal Holbrook, is um, uh, he's getting stuck into the church wine. Yeah, so uh, well, there, there is a. Um, have you know? Uh, there's a guy there as well. There's a guy there who's not the father, Father Malone, and he rings two bells. That's right. He rings uh, the church bell twice to signify that it's just turned twelve o'clock. And um, and then the camera pans to Father right. Malone. Father Malone, that's right. And he yeah. says to Father Malone, you know, uh, uh, he, he he's, 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 he's yeah, you're going to pay me. And he's uh, and he sort of so, drunkly says, "Well, why don't you come in at four o'clock?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, clearly he's not going to answer that question. He's he's and he's not going to pay him. He's quite busy at that time as well. He's busily con converting uh, wine into water. So, um, he's uh, a lot of into water. I wish I could go the other way. Save well, a lot of money. Save a lot of money at the bottle. Though. True. Yeah, so he 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 says, "Oh, why don't you come in come in a bit earlier instead, and um, basically to write off any any extra that he has to pay him by him starting a bit earlier and maybe going home a bit like, a bit earlier as well." And um, yeah, and so he 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 leaves at that point. Bennett, Bennett's the guy. Bennett. We don't yeah. see him again. I don't think he's in the rest of the movie. No, he's only in it for one for one scene. Um, and he he disappears, and th and that seems to be kind of a little bit of the film as well as like very quick snippets through the where the where the scene changes are happening all the time, yeah, and you see yeah. maybe one or two one or two characters. Fifty or sixty scene changes in this movie. Oh no, it's backwards and forwards. It jumps it jumps around quite significantly, and 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 I think that that's like the timeline is running congruently. Yes. So like it's jumping from scene to scene to show that it's like the same, you know, it's the same time. This is happening over here at the same time as this is happening over there. And it's, it, it, you really kind of have to watch it a little bit um, closely. To, and, and uh, although some scenes are superfluous to the, to the, to the film. <laughs> <way>. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, how long was this film? It's like an hour and a half or something. A hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it. <laughs> well, it technically was a hundred years. <laughs> to the day. A hundred years in the making. Um, so probably, yeah, like, it probably could have been like 10 minutes, 10 minutes shorter, five or 10 minutes shorter, just by cutting out scenes <laughs> that <were> necessarily required. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, so that, so, yeah. so so after the after the priest le after the um, the priest's church worker leaves, um, there's there's a like a violent rocking in the church and a, and a stone falls out of the wall and lands right where the priest was sitting because he gets up to to call back call back the guy who's working at Bennett who's working in the church he goes to call him back so he stands up and opens the door and as he stands up this rock falls out of the wall. And lands on the on the table where he was sitting. Mm -hmm. It's a fairly substantial piece of rock. Um, covering, uh, I would be um, I would be checking building codes for a start. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and, and maybe getting WorkSafe in to have a look at the uh, the tradesmanship of the people that built that wall. Um, a bit concerned, yeah. I, w- I would be concerned, yes. I, I, I would have had yellow tape around by... Oh, it's certainly no Aztec craftsmanship went into that. Absolutely <laughs> not. But there's a there's a book hidden behind the um, hidden behind the wall. Um, well, it looks it, it actually looks like a box initially. Yeah, I, actually, in my notes, I wrote down a box. Yeah, and, it looks uh, it looks like a box, and I was thinking, oh, well, this is, somebody's hidden the box in the wall, and then he pulls it out, and it's a book, and it turns out to be um, when he opens it, it's actually Father Malone's journal from 1880, a hundred years before. Yeah, now that would be great. His great great grandfather, possibly. Yeah, because no, that's um, how great great. Because what Hal Holbrook? He, he would have. He what Hal Holbrook is probably uh, what the, the as as the priest is probably about sixty at that point. Yeah, give or take. Yeah. yeah so so he, probably... it was filmed in nineteen eighty, and the journal it said the journal of Father Patrick Malone, eighteen eighty. Yeah, so it's probably his great great grandfather, mm. or maybe his. Yeah, probably two grand, probably two generations back. Yeah. Anyway, that's what semantics, and uh, we're not having semantics tonight. <laughs> no, um, outlawed semantics. So there's um. So I uh, at the, at this point, like he he sits down to read the book, um, and it goes into the town, and and basically it goes the the camera goes through this through the empty town of of uh, Antonio Bay. And as it goes through, and I, I, I noticed, I wrote lights and horns because lights start. It was just a quick note. It was, I was, they made, they, they made me sit in the dark. Were you, and, right, and I'm blind. Yeah. Like I need glasses. I can't, I can't see in the dark. So I had to write like quick notes of what I could see on the page. Well, so and, and, and as we go through the town, car horns start involuntarily honking with no one in them and i wasn't sure what he was doing there because i thought well he's introducing us to the town it's you know that it's after midnight and i thought maybe this whole movie occurs over the span of one night it's a couple of nights and i saw it i thought well maybe he's just introducing us to who's actually up at that time of night and you know well, we, you had the guy in the, the shop. The sheriff, there's the guy that was sweeping in the supermarket. And by uh, the way, I wouldn't drink the orange juice. No, no, no. Definitely not. That was this, not a code. I don't this, know what this that was. That was this, not. This dude's sweeping the floor right next to the fruit juice uh, refrigerator. He grabs the fruit juice from the front. He drinks it, puts the lid back on and sticks it at the back of the yeah, no. Who does no. that? That's the, it is a horror movie. <laughs> this, this, this makes me think that I am never buying orange drinks or any kind of drink <coughs> at a convenience store again. <laughs> Certainly not a COVID nineteen friendly horror movie. This one. No, not at all. Not at all. Oh. But that, but in when he's in the shop, things start. There's like a, almost like an earthquake occurring within the shop while he's in there, as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, everything's like um, uh, one of the shelves uh, shakes so much, a uh, glass bottle falls off and smashes. It, to me, it sounded like a, one of the windows was smashing, but, but it wasn't something else. Just a bottle, yeah. So, so you, get, you get this whole thing happening where it's like some sort of supernatural thing occurring yeah. 
yeah um, it, it, through the really town right. as it as it strikes 12 o'clock there's this there's this sort of haze of supernatural events occurring um, yeah what creeped um, me out the most was the phone bo- uh the phone booths and they all started all, ringing there was like four phone booths all ringing at the same time yeah and that's um I, you know again you know that it's um it had a more of a close encounter sort of third kind sort of feel to it yeah it was it was it was interesting yeah it did actually now that you mention it so i wonder if that's where um uh well i wonder if that's where he got it from steven spielberg well well potentially you know with the and it wouldn't have been expensive to do because she said they've done it before <laughs> well he didn't oh, spend yeah. a lot of it all goes to ring this simultaneously and there's your um spooky affair and and i mean they they have the car on the hoist and all they need is someone in the office and <laughs> the desk pressing uh, the button on the hoist lift down, uh, down. down. you know ooh, there's thirty thousand dollars and you know what no cgi there folks <laughs> no not at all not at all and we t- and we jumped onto we have a um we have the sultry voice of stevie wayne <laughs> <laughs> She really jumped into that microphone. From Antonio Bay FM. I could learn something from Stevie Wayne. Yeah, well, she has like some sort of weird kind of relationship with the weatherman. <coughs> oh, weatherman Dan. Weatherman Dan. And and funnily enough, weatherman Dan, um, I checked the name out on, on, on weatherman Dan, and his, and it, his last name in the film, like the character's name is Dan O'Bannon, which funnily enough is... Um, the guy who worked with John Carpenter on um, uh, Dark Star, and what? also was responsible was responsible for producing Alien. Sorry, sorry. Are you saying it is the guy, or that's no? It's a- no. It's a character, but they've it's used the same name. but they've used his name as wow. the, as the character's name. And he 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 is quite cheesy, that guy, because he's oh. really milking the whole. Um- he's just a, a sleaze bag. Yeah, yeah, well, hey, you know, she does talk into that microphone. She talks into that microphone. Jay, Jay was saying to me, does she really need to talk like that on the radio? It's like that like, radio. I was like, it's the, it's the 70s, 80s. They yeah. all talked like that on the radio. <laughs> it could have been worse. It could have been the Wolfman. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> it, it was more Pornhub than Wolfman. So... <laughs> <you know. laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't know, you know. I, I thought I thought we were going to have to send the oh, money. Yeah. What? I said I thought we were going to have to send the money. <laughs> Fair enough. So where, so, where are we? Where are we? So we we go to the we go to the um we go out into the into the wilds of nowhere and uh, uh, Nick played no, with Jack. You're Nick, making stuff up. I'm not. I jumped. I jumped. We have Stevie Wayne. Oh, Stevie Wayne does get um, actually going back. She, the weatherman Dan does tell her about a fog rolling in, and there's a yep. boat out at sea. But that's well, because um, uh, we we get introduced to a couple of other characters. I'm pretty sure we get introduced to Sandy, <coughs> who we meet a little bit later on. She's Mrs. Williams, PA. Yeah, that's right. I think um, she's I... in a house, and then the TV comes on. Chair starts to move. It's twelve. Oh, yeah, she has those. She has twelve by five, and uh, and you can hear Stephen Wayne again in the background saying, "K 
KAB Antonio Bay, California. Mm. So, yeah, um, and, and she closes yeah. the window, and then the chair kind of go gets pulled back, doesn't it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. And then we get then we get introduced to um, isn't it? Uh, it, it then Nick. we get introduced to Jamie Lee Curtis's character. She's hitchhiking. Yeah, she's, she's, hitchhi she's hitchhiking out in the middle of nowhere in the dark at like ten minutes past twelve. Who does that? Who does that? It's the eighties. <clears throat> yeah. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets picked up by Nick. Nick, played by Tom Atkins, who, as a, I think I said to you uh, earlier on today when we were having a conversation about it, um, the only other film I've seen him in is Lethal Weapon, and he gets absolutely murdered. Um, oh, really? To that film. His, <gasps> okay. daughter jumps, his daughter jumps off the top of the hotel block. Oh, and, that's and, the iconic scene. And Riggs, Riggs and Murtaugh investigate it, and they come and see him. And after they see him, he gets uh, he gets taken out by a sniper or something. Right, I have to watch this movie again. Um, Lethal Weapon. Okay. And it, it's, it's, got the, it's got the famed anti-Semite in it. You know, Mel Gibson. <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> I said it seems like I'm the only one going there at all tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm playing it safe. Uh, Tom Wayne, folks. Um, but uh, it, it, there's, um, there's. I, I did like the conversation that Nick and Jamie Lee Curtis's character Elizabeth. It, like considering the car, considering you know, they've only just met. Yeah, she's trying to suss up whether he might be a psychopath, and then he sort of confirms that yes, he is kind of a bit of a sociopath. And then she sort of says, "Oh, good. I was getting worried you might be normal." And uh, it's not long after that. Or the windows um, smash in the car, isn't it? Well, yeah, the windows smash, so spooky other stuff. But then a couple of scenes later, they, she decides to have a sleepover. So things really progress quite quickly. Yeah, with, I wonder if I wonder if they kind of... watched um, like uh, <clears throat> you know, Powderpuff Girls or you know My, <laughs> My Little Pony or something on that sleepover. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe they were just doing My Little Pony. pony. Um, which is um, which is quite interesting, but. Did did you notice there was a cheeky reference? Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, I think Nick asked her a question, and Jamie Lee Curtis says, "Yeah, I'm, I'm bad luck." Uh, yeah. Apparently, she'd been she'd had a um, she'd been hitchhiking previously, and it didn't end well. No. And she thought that she might be bad luck. And given all the horror movies she's been in, uh, I really think she is bad luck. Well, you know, they they don't call her the scream queen for nothing. So, um, so never a truer word was said in a John Carpenter movie. <laughs> so, um, and funnily, funnily enough, if they they're flicking, he's flicking through her um, sketchbook <coughs> while they're whilst they're uh, on the bed. And well, uh, we haven't got to that scene yet because then it progresses to the radio station. I know, I know, and but I just wanted to point out <coughs> when when, okay. they, when we do get to that scene. If if you if you oh, look, oh, is that what it was? It was a sketchbook. It's a sketchbook. But if you look closely, there's nothing on the pages until the right. final shot. They're, all the pages are blank until the final shot when they go when they come back onto the thing and it's the last page and there's a drawing in it. You have to look so really closely. It's like there's just nothing there. <laughs> no, but the title of the book was "Sketches from a Snow Snowstorm." I <laughs> know. Uh, uh, sketches in a fog. Joke. Shit joke. Sketches yeah. in a fog. You should have gone with sketches in a fog. <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> 
<laughs> it's great. I like it. Uh, <laughs> um, so the um, so we go back to uh, to Stevie Wayne, Stevie Wayne, um, who is on the radio, and she gets a phone call from Weatherman Dan, who tells her, tells her that a fog's rolling in and there's a boat twenty five miles out to sea, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so and the boat's name is the Green. The, the seagrass. The, the seagrass, not the green grass. I kept thinking green grass. I don't know. I don't know what. Maybe, 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 maybe I've been to my local dispensary. I don't know. Um, um, yeah. So uh, he rings up to say that there's, um, yeah, there's a trawler 15 miles out and there's a fog 25 miles out heading towards. Heading towards. Um, it's not towards the town. It's No, no, no. Oh, uh, he, I think he just confirms that there is a fog twenty-five heading miles towards now. them. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we go we go out to that boat, and uh, I'm not sure what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's musical chairs. It is. It is. No, I, I think it might pay for me to actually plug my laptop in. Are you uh, are you losing power? This is this is how professional we are, folks. Yeah, yeah. This is how professional we are. Yourself, folks. Speak for yourself. Um, so yeah, so uh, and then we yeah we cut to the the seagrass, the seagrass, and and they're 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 knocking back a few beers inside the boat. Um, uh, listening to the radio, listening to Stevie. Listening to Stevie Ray, and and one of them says, "Oh, I bet you just say Stevie Ray." Stevie, it's Stevie Wayne, I think. Yep. Stevie, Stevie Ray. Ray. Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Freudian slip? Have you got a thing for Stevie Ray? I like Stevie Ray Vaughan. It might be a cold shot. <laughs> or at least one of them's getting a cold. <laughs> one of them's Stevie. getting, my, all three of them might get a cold shot tonight. Who wants Stevie <laughs> Stevie Ray to talk sexy too. <laughs> I'm not sure that's where I was going with that. Your um, your COVID experience hasn't been a fun one. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm just glad we haven't been locked up like the rest of the rest of uh, <coughs> well, the rest of the country has been from time to time. Um, yeah. I so, um, be, uh, so, uh, okay, so quite quickly the fog rolls in on the seagrass, which is a fishing trawl. That's right, yeah. And they're 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 knocking back a few beers and uh, commenting on how lovely uh, Stevie Stevie Wayne sounds, Stevie Ray. <laughs> That's a cold shot, baby. <laughs> anyway, no, no, Stevie Wayne, and um, so and uh, one of them says, "Oh." But you're married to the, the the older guy on the boat, and he says, "Yeah, but yeah, not. It's not great. <laughs> not a, not happily. Not happily." <laughs> and then the the, <coughs> and then one of them's looking out. Yeah, one of the other guys is looking out the window, and he says, "Oh, there's no fog out there." And then you get this. Uh, the camera shoots out the wind out the porthole of the of the boat, and you get this. The, really, camera, the camera shoots out. Is that one of the special effects? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. That was a cold shot. <laughs> Initially, it was a warm shot, but then it's cold. <laughs> Get it off the window, son. But anyway. 
<laughs> I am taking this seriously. It, make, I do it, it makes it makes the porthole a bit streaky. <laughs> <laughs> but he looks out the wind, looks out the porthole out to sea, and he's like, "There's no fog out there." And then he looks away and looks back out, and then there's this like, um, I guess it looks it looks like someone's shining a torch through. Yeah, there, there's a bright light in the fog. There's a bright light off in the distance, and like this fog. Um, I've got to say, nah, not the best fog I've ever seen initially. <laughs> what, are you, what are you judging on? Well, you know, it, it, I, I, I get I get taken back to the um, <coughs> whenever I watch this whenever I watch this film, I get taken back to New Year's Eve at at at, at the parents' house, where with the swimming pool and. Captain Paul brings a bucket load of dry ice and chucks it in the pool, and then the, the fog heads down the valley. And you oh, can okay, there must be a lot of ones. Yeah, but Paul did it a couple of times. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. It wouldn't but, swim um, in the pool. Did you like the suspense in this movie? I thought it because it was so. It was. It was a little so, stilted. It was very low budget, but in some ways, it was quite clever. That the only music you really hear is the music that's that's on the radio yeah and then you which is usually com accompanied in the background by uh stevie wine's voice mm, that's so, right. um, and apart from the music that you get from the radio there's it it's it's really quite a muted um soundtrack you know there's yeah, like I think almost exorcist like you know, uh, piano keystrokes to sort of build the intensity. Or... I think, um, like, Carpenter normally does the instrumentation for for his films anyway, and you can tell you can tell like the opening music is like very synth oriented kind of music. It was a touch of the eighties, yeah. yeah. And, sure. and and like John Carpenter does most of the like the incidental music himself, right. That's how he makes all his money, I think. He writes them, produces them, directs them, does the music, gets paid everything. Okay. <clears throat> um, and so through the, there's very little, as you say, there's very little of that through the movie. It's, it's very much uh, Stevie Wayne is, is the constant voice through the whole film. She's, mm. like, she's almost like the narrator. Yeah, you're you're either listening to <clears throat> in that opening scene where we meet uh, Bennett at the church and he's ringing the bells. He has a small portable um, radio, and you, we can hear the music there. There's there's scenes throughout the movie where they're driving a car, and you can hear the her speaking and the music coming through the radio. So unlike a traditional movie where they'll build suspense with music in the background, it, it, these are all objects that are actually playing the music that's right yeah which i thought was quite clever so the fog the fog uh, approaches uh, approaches the, the seagrass and uh, starts to engulf it um and one of the men opens the door yeah i think the two crew they actually go up on deck and the captain well, goes to the two to he goes to the uh, the pilot house, the wheelhouse, um, and then all of a sudden the the genset or generator on the boat gives out, out. Mm. which plunges the boat into darkness. That's that's correct. And and at the, and at that point, 
one of the one of the uh, this pirate ship or this sail sailing ship won't say it's a pirate ship because we don't know but it's, no, it's yeah it's a, it's a sailing ship it's a mastered sailing ship pull ma yeah pulls up alongside the boat alongside the fishing trawler yeah you really only see it for a second or two and yeah then it's it's, it's, it's it's encapsulated within the fog yeah i think one of the crew even says where did it go mm. and that at that point he's um run through with a rather yeah, large... you, you see uh, you he looks down the back of the boat uh, uh it's not a large trawler but he but. looks down the back of the boat and he can see three shrouded <laughs> figures he, just their outlines in the fog yeah. and he, he actually says who, who is that who the hell is that yeah, so I think it's at that point he um, he gets he gets he gets killed. Yeah, and yeah. I, you, I got quite excited with the special effects of this uh, of that death scene because it was really that was some meaty thunks. I know there's no blood and though. The, in this film. the blade went in, and I got I got a bit excited. I thought, man, this is gruesome. This is brutal. Yeah, this, this, the, the interesting thing is it's, it's, it, those scenes are quite brutal and particularly the one where the, the, the man in the wheelhouse um, is or looking, out the, looking out the window for the other two crewmen and the, the figure walks in through the door in, inside mm. the fog. See the outline of the, the man walks in. You can't see him. And then he grabs him by the neck and he's got this like meat hook thing and he just like sticks it into the side of his head. No, into his eyes. So. Yeah, but just. Oh, but have you not? Did you notice that that scene was very dark? I don't know. It was obviously the intention to to film. I think so because I think he's trying to like make this like as much as it's um, uh, like a, a oh. story, a horror film. It's not really a horror film. Yeah, I, I didn't find it very horrific at all. Um, no, 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 it's very yeah. It's, there's, a of, there's a lot of there's a lot of suspense. Yeah, um, and I think that that's kind of what he what he's going for. Because if you, I mean, and we've had this discussion about his films before, where if you look at like the thing, you very rarely see the thing. It's just, it's just like an an, out, an outline rustling underneath one of the, the the buildings on the ice station, or you know, he keeps things in the shadows. Which, mm. um, which adds that suspense, I guess, in a way, because you don't really know what's going, what's coming out of the shadows. Yeah, um, and that's what's in the terror, as opposed to just out and out leather face. Well, we don't see any slicing. of that. The, yeah, the, that's right. The horror stuff that you would see in this movie. This is almost. It, it's almost filmed in such a way that you can take your kids to go see this. Because yeah, you wouldn't, but you could. You wouldn't, but you, because there's no, there's no blood. I, do you, I don't recall right. seeing any. You could, you could take kids of a certain age that are like not quite at that point where they're excited to see um, a slasher film, where there's yeah. plenty of claret, um, <laughs> or um, you know, but they're beyond that kind of going to see Disney, which. Yeah. Which are like horrific, anyway. <laughs> well, it was that opening scene where the guy gets gets run through, and it, it sounded like it, it was just the sound of it. 
spooked the hell out of me. And I thought, oh no, this is, you know, this is going to be pretty full on, especially after Halloween. Mm. And then, um, and then that second death scene where he sort of uses that, that sharp pointy uh, implement to poke out the captain's eye. Mm. But we don't see that because that seems very much in darkness. And it's, and it's quick. Yeah, it is. It's very quick. Yeah. Like he grabs him by the neck and then rams the thing into his head, but you don't actually see any blood. No. Like if that was if that was this decade, he'd be pulling that out and there'd be like an eyeball flying across the room with a streak oh, yeah. of, with a streak of blood and like brain matter. And all the kid <laughs> and all the kids would be jumping up be like it's a grand final <laughs> football match. No, that'd be a jump scare. Yeah, we haven't we didn't see that. You know, we do find out a little bit more about how, how this captain died. But um, I suppose we'll get to that. Well, we 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 will. And um, so we um we so we now we progress we're on to the, are we on the dock? Back to the radio station now. Yeah, we're back at we're back at the radio station because um, um uh well, weatherman Dan is telling her that the fog has changed. Well, he rings to say that she'd made a mistake. He said um he said um. <clears throat> He, because he knows the the breeze is heading due east, but she said the fog's traveling due west. Yeah, it's traveling against the wind. He, he calls her out on that, and she says, "No, no." Um, <coughs> and um, he calls her out on that. Um, and then she sort of, I didn't know initially. I didn't know, but her radio station is in the lighthouse. That's right. Yeah, it's a pretty cool she place. The radio station is in the lighthouse. She looks out the window and she can see the fog in the very distance, and there are flashes on the horizon. That's right. She's seeing the 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 same light effects in the in the fog that the crew on the boat saw. Yes. Yes. So uh, so we then move to we move uh, to the we move to the uh, to uh, Mrs. Yeah. Williams and her aide. Organizing. Oh the, no, yeah. no, sorry. This is, we then moved to where um, your famous sleepover scene. Oh, the, oh yes, because <laughs> because Nick, there's a knock on the door, and um, uh, Nick uh, hops out of bed. They're, we see the only drawing in the book, even though they've been looking at drawings that aren't there. Um, and, and it's, it's like the of night. It must be close to one o'clock. Actually, yeah. I think it is close to one o'clock. Yeah, because he opens the door and the 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 person there's four has, knocks on the door. He walks to the to the door. There's four he, knocks. He puts there's, his repeats head, he puts, again and again. I think it repeats like four times. Yeah. That was quite suspenseful. Did you think? Mm. And he opens the door, and I thought, oh, he's going to stick his head out and like he's going to, you know, lose his head on the yeah. thing, on the on the deck of the of the of the house. But uh, when he opens the door. The fog is like subsiding a little bit, and the 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 the, the ghouly ghosty disappears. Disappears. Well, did you notice that at that time, when just as he's about to open the door, the the scre- the glass on the wall clock smashed, which I think signified one o'clock. The the end of the witching hour. The witching hour. There is a reference to that. Yeah, at the beginning of the at the beginning of during the ghost story, he does yeah. say between twelve and one. And also in um in the journal of Father Patrick Malone, there's a quote 
when he turns the first page, it says, Midnight till one belongs to, to the dead. dead. Good Lord, deliverance. Mm. Um, and he does say April 30, which I think is the actual day that uh, is that day. That's right. Oh, I'm not sure. I think, I think it was the 21st. Oh, April 21st, 20. yeah. Um, but it does occur over two, not like over two nights. Um, so we get, um, so, well, I had, I had, uh, I had Father Malone. We had the, uh, Mrs. Williams organizing the celebrations. And, uh, then we had, uh, we just quickly <coughs> jump through a little bit. Well, I've got the beach, the young boys on the, the young boy on the beach. That's right. He picks up the, um, he sees a, a gold sovereign or piece of eight whatever it is um you know you want to do it on the rock he does he does no i i i sorry i thought i felt i felt a tremor i thought you wanted to do it like a pirate voice Arr, pieces of eight like that Arr. 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 kill for an orange um <laughs> and, and then uh the <laughs> the water sweeps in Arr, my kingdom for a horse <laughs> The wrong <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, I need my parrot walked up plank. Um, and then instead of a coin, um, there appears out of the surf a piece of wood, a piece of wood with uh, the word Dane written on it. Dane. And we know that Dane from the original story, the original story of the boat that crashed on the rocks on April 21st, one in 1880, was the Elizabeth Dane. The Elizabeth Dane. <laughs> Bam. I'm good. Um, so we have, um, uh, uh, she, she take, oh, the sun comes home with the piece of, with the piece of, um, the piece of floating timber, um, that he found. Actually, what's more horrifying here? You know, I tell you, it's early in the morning <clears throat> and Andy, Stevie's only child who looks about, six and a half has been fishing on the beach by himself on the rocks. I know. I think that's a little bit more scary if you ask me. It's the seventies. You know, and she's in bed, she so doesn't even know he's left yet. It's the seventies. You tell me, folks. Well, you know, it's the seventies. Mm. We <laughs> let our children we let our children do a lot more <laughs> <laughs> in the hope that some of them might go missing. Well, you were already boosting cars. You were already boosting cars by then, weren't you? What's that? I was not <laughs> wearing cars by then. Yeah, are you, is this plausible deniability? Or um, you're saying that you weren't stealing cars at the age of six and a half? Ah, you know, I did. Not, I did end up making about fifty thousand number plates, but you know, that's it. All right, okay, okay. Well, everyone's got to have a hobby, right? Yeah, that's right. No, we we don't condone any children going missing at all. No, don't. Yeah, okay. I would I would much rather not. Um, it's just a joke in bad taste. So um so yeah, uh, uh, Andy comes home and he has a chat to his mum and says, "Look what I found." You know, I think we might go and have a look for some more. Yeah, that's right. So he he heads off again. Why are you letting your child run down the beach? <laughs> and. It's cheaper than a sitter, I think. And, and the problem, well, you know, who is the sitter? That's the thing, because she she gets up with a piece of wood and drives off. She hops in her beautiful, and I, I love this car. It's a like a German staff it? car. It's, it's like, like a German a, staff car. It does look, but it's it's orange. Yeah, no, it's been painted orange. It looks like a German staff car. 
It's an old Volkswagen. Yeah, it is. It just it was the colour that I found horrific. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. That's it. You've got it. <laughs> so she's driving like she's left Andy at the beach. And she's driving yeah. up to the she's driving up to the lighthouse. Yeah. Um listening to um uh uh various different advertising campaigns for her radio station. <clears throat> oh yeah, she's listening to promos or something. Promos, yeah, promos on a cassette. Yeah. And she gets she gets to the light well, we find out that the radio station is at the lighthouse. I would live there. That looked awesome. Yeah, I would get a stairlift. It was a very tall lighthouse. And no. like, it was like seven meters tall or something. I know. I would get a stairlift in, so I didn't have to yeah. take all those stairs coming back up. <laughs> what? <laughs> just, I just sit on a little thing, you know, and press a button and go up the hill. <laughs> like <laughs> I hate like I was so. going up Mount Blanc. But you, you know, if any of us could benefit from from some cardio. <laughs> <laughs> You playing up fat? No. <laughs> I'm just getting you back for the Ashley Martin comment. So. Uh, well, yeah, looking at. Well, there was cart. only like seven stairs, so it didn't really matter. There's not seven. There's about seven hundred. So let me look at this story. <laughs> yeah, no, you go. So she puts the um, the piece of wood. She comes, she walks into the, into the lighthouse, shuts the door, closes cupboards and stuff and puts the bit of wood on the thing. And that's at that point we jump to the seagrass again, because we've got Nick and Jamie Lee Curtis's character, um, scooting out on a boat to find, to find the seagrass. Um, and they find the boat there with no, there's no crew on board. The motor's got, uh, seawater in it, although the deck's dry, um, and it's particularly cold within the within the cabin of the of the boat. Uh, I think that um, there was um, all the glass panels on all the instrumentation were broken, and also the thermometer was broken. And uh, Nick could tell that when it broke, it was only twenty degrees Fahrenheit, which is Pretty darn cold. So. Now, given that it was a foggy night, it wasn't that cold that night, something happened to drop the temperature down to 20 degrees Fahrenheit. That's but, right. Um, yeah, this is this part of the movie got a bit clumsy because it just kept changing from scene to scene to scene. It, you know. it, it jumped between Stevie and and Nick <coughs> because we jumped back to Stevie and, and there's... Um, it, it jumps to the parade getting set yeah, up. We, right. we get introduced to um, Sandy again from earlier and uh, a woman by the name of Mrs. Williams who looks like she might have something to do with, she might be the mayor potentially. I think, I think she's the mayor, but I think also she's the wife of the captain of the seagrass. Right. I'm captain sure. or one of the deckhands on or the one, of the, she, one of the either the captain or one of the deckhands she's yeah the, yeah that's right um and we we jump back to the seagrass again um and they're sitting they're sitting down uh, nick and and uh jamie lee curtis are sitting down um what's dark oh, i should have written no bloody name down um but they're uh, sitting down sorry, sorry. 
What's her name? This Which is totally unprofessional, by the way. Which cat? Mrs. Williams. No, I'm talking about Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, that's right. So, so Nick and Elizabeth are sitting down inside the 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 uh, cruise quarters of the boat, discussing what might have happened, and the 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 camera goes to the, the clunkily goes to the locker that's kind of lying on its side, and the handle's moving. Yeah, just vibrating, um, and that pops open, and everything falls out, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, Elizabeth jumps and gives out a wee scream. Um, yeah, it's it's and a traditional she, jump scare. And as she has the traditional jump scare, she unlo- uh, dislodges the body behind her that's in like the mop cupboard, which then falls on top of her. And it's the, the, the crewman that had his eyes poked out. Yeah, the captain, I believe, the young captain. So. Yeah. So, um, so we basically find out that what happened to the crew of the seagrass. Well, we, don't, we don't know about the crew. We only know about the captain. Yeah, well, That's there's no other crew. We so only captain. know about the captain, so we don't know about the crew. They, yeah. they, they're gone. Mm. Well, judging what happened to um, what happened to him, you'd have to, you know, you put two and two together and get five and have to assume that what's going on is that they're all dead. But yeah, yeah. there's no sign yeah. of them. So... Yeah. And then we we jump we jump back to uh, to uh, Stevie Stevie Wayne. Um, the, she's put the bit of wood on the A track uh, cassettes. Um, there, there is there is um sorry I'm gonna there is the same before you, that, um, yeah. where um, Mrs Williams and Sandy go to see Father Malone at the church. Oh yes, um, and then Father Malone actually introduces to those guys the journal that he has been reading. That's and right. He's, um, he's in shock. Well, he's 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 read what's happened, hasn't he? And and and, and <coughs> what's happened is that the founding fathers of the town a hundred years ago were responsible for the murder of the crew members crew of, of the Elizabeth, Elizabeth Dane. Um, and it, and we actually find out why as well, because um, what actually happened was that the leader of the, of the group on the ship um, had a leper colony. On well, a, they were all lepers and they, they wanted lepers. to set up a, a colony in Tanzania. They, um, and they had a stash of gold. I think the, the leader of the, the this small colony was called Blake. That's and he, right. And they, didn't they, they have a colony in the movie a couple of times. Well, didn't they have a colony off on an island off the coast? And he had a stash of gold to buy land a mile up the town, up the road from the town. Um, and he paid the founding fathers the money for the land. They sold him the land, and then they lit a fire on the beach and drew the ship into the rocks i think he had the gold with him but yes you're absolutely right in the fog in the thick of the fog they lit a fire um and they sailed unfortunately sailed the elizabeth dane directly into the rocks off spivey point killing killing everybody on board killing yeah killing um blake and the other five crew it's so it's it's at that point that father malone realizes that they're not celebrating founding fathers they're celebrating murderers yeah and he he has a a real crisis of conscience about that that whole thing that yeah. continues for the the entirety of 
what's left of the pill. Yeah, he um, he's not, he's not really holding together terribly well at this point. No, no, he's he's really he's really quite struggling at this point. Um, and he and I, I believe his uh, his his alcoholism is uh, incre- increasing. <laughs> his alcohol consumption is getting heavier. Yeah, it's good to know that he's not trying to convert wine into water. He's converting spirits into water. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and he's really, he's really torn about the um, the celebration, and uh, and then we then we then we go back to the aforementioned uh, Elizabeth Dane board, the piece of wood that's now sitting in the um, in the radio station on top of the A track cassettes, um, and uh, Stevie Wayne's getting ready to get on the air and and uh, do her show because she's a one woman show, and. Um, the board starts leaking water or leaking some sort of fluid out of it um, yes. down, down the A-track cassettes. And the cassette's still, the, the, the little cassette player's still playing promos. But did you notice that when the water actually hits it, it starts, um, it stops playing the, the promos and actually starts playing some... Uh, piratey type dude who well, I think what we're hearing well, i think what we heard was blake's voice saying and, sick, and he's like there and will be six must die. <clears throat> yeah yeah so um yeah, the, kind of like a, a a seaweed stigmata as the board sort of starts <laughs> weeping yeah. salt water and then it explodes yeah it, yeah like uh yeah it was not the flashes special effects and then she puts it out with a uh, fire extinguisher and then the then the sort of music dials back in again and it's all back to normal that's right so hang on i've got to pause go so yeah i think at this point um there's a couple of things that happen simultaneously in the story um yeah. I, I believe um nick and liz Elizabeth, um, rescue the the body from the seagrass. That's right. And, and, you know, so they can take it back to the coroner um, mm-hmm. so that he can have a, a look at it. What What's interesting, on the way back, they bring the body back, but they leave the, set, the trawler out there. You can see the trawler in the distance. Yeah, they don't tie it back in. They so maybe, they, maybe they're sending a bigger boat out to tow it out because they were on quite like a... They're on like a... <clears throat> 15-foot dinghy. And, uh, uh, I just thought it was a bit weird. But hey, and then, um, and then, yeah, they're back at the church again with uh, Father Malone, Miss William, Mrs. Williams, and Sandy, where they they continue on with the story that um, uh, where Father Malone reads from the journal. And it gets quite confronting. That's right. And, and, and they're definitely at that point, you know, fairly certain that the... Uh, that the, the the founding fathers are murderers. Yeah, well, he, he, he reads from the, the journal, April 21st, the deed is done. Blake followed our false fire and the ship broke apart on the rocks off Spivey Point, which links directly back to that, that initial story, the campfire story, the dude in the scary sailors had actually told all the, the children in the corn uh, uh, around the, <laughs> around the right. fire. 
So it, it, I, I thought just that one scene just tied so nicely to the, to the beginning of the movie. And one of those kids was Andy. Uh, Andy, yes, he's sitting yeah, there. he was one, Andy, um, because he mentions to his mum when he comes back from uh, recovering the the washed up board. Yeah. Um, so we have we have an we have an autopsy, um, which is uh, basically done. Um, now, I'm, I want to know the, the the coroner has he done the autopsy? I wasn't sure if he'd done the autopsy. Well, he, he sort of he he. It looks like he just uh, because he he knew the body. He actually did mention that that you know uh, the eyes, the ocular nerves had been severed or punctured, so something had popped yeah. out the dude's eyeballs. But um, I think what he found confronting, and the reason why he paused, the reason why he paused. The um, the, autopsy. the investigation, the autopsy was because it, it didn't things didn't match up. Well, he says it looked it looked like he, although he had been <coughs> found inside the boat, it looked like he'd been underwater for a month. Yes, he said that um, that his um, thorax had been crushed and his lungs were full of seawater. Mm. So it looked like he'd been drowned and strangled. Yes. Yeah. Um. um um, so he, he and Nick go outside, leave the room and leave... Um, Elizabeth by herself. Who does that? Unlucky Elizabeth. And she's just sitting there, you know, dead corpse in the background. And the, um, and the body um, gets, up, gets up. And an interesting point, I should, I should note that the, the coroner, the man who plays the coroner, is... Um, I can't remember his last, his last name. His first name is Darwin. Um, Interesting name, um, Darwin the uh, coroner. Yeah. yeah, not not in the movie. His actual name, and he's in um, uh, uh, John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct Thirteen. The original, right. yeah. He's the he's the 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 the, the police officer in, police officer in charge of the precinct. Okay. In yeah, um, you've obviously Googled this. <laughs> no, I've got it at home. I've got it in my John Carpenter collection. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually a good film. It's not not a bad movie at all. Um, and um, well, at, at this point, you know, they're um, uh, uh, Nick, uh, Nick, and the coroner are discussing are discussing you know the inconsistencies that they're finding with the corpse, and That's right. all of a sudden, there's a temperature change. That's correct. And then the body, the, uh, uh, the uh, hand moves underneath the um, uh, underneath the sheet, um, and at which point there were in our house there were that ghost has an erection. <laughs> what? But it was just a hand. It was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Um, and it picks up a picks up a scalpel and gets out from underneath the sheet and um, you don't actually see his face or anything. You just no, see... You, you don't see... So you you know, see certain elements of this movie were really toned down. I mean, yeah. they could have really ramped it up and made it quite horrifying, but they didn't. So yeah, they, I, I suspect it was made for a younger audience. They did pair it right back. And he's... Um, he's How she can't hear him. He's limping across, the, across a wooden floor towards her 
like with one foot dragging and she's just sitting there like waiting for it to be waiting to waiting to be murdered she's yeah, waiting to be murdered and then and then and she, then kind of, she kind of kind of turns around he and makes out and leaves a scream and the body hits the floor the body um, just collapses body just collapses but then he draws boobs into the into the floor into the, no, the, the the outline of boobs <laughs> into the wooden floor <laughs> or at least at least that's initially what it looked like Wait, I, I think this might be a freudian thing you might be projecting here man i don't know but <laughs> i'm just telling you what i saw <laughs> <laughs> well yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 what, it, what it actually is is the number three um, and it's a reference to the six must die right so they're saying that they've killed three, three people three well six. why didn't that guy kill Elizabeth? because he's not one of the leper colony he's not one of the he's right. he's he's not one of the ones that has been wronged by the founding fathers and i think it's only those that are that have been wronged that are going to be doing the killing. Okay. The murdering. Because we go back to the, um, we go back to the, uh, the fog starts coming back in during the celebration. Um, and it starts uh, heading towards the weather station. Yeah. You can hear the foghorns in the background. And I think at, at this point, it not at night has come, come across as well. Like, so it's, it's sort of transitioning into, um, night time and um stevie stevie gets on the radio and says for anyone that's interesting the fog's heading towards the weather station um and nick and elizabeth turn their car around and start heading out that way towards the weather station and this is where this is where the night really starts heating up um yeah. because everything's going to happen in the next few minutes of the movie really um uh the the weatherman changes and weatherman dan changes with changes his shift with uh with mel because he likes the night shift because he yeah. likes talking to stevie and being flux as they say being sleazy with stevie yeah he uh he really does confirm that he's got a he's holding a bit of a torch for old stevie way <laughs> yeah i think, think um it's at this point the antonio bay 100 years celebration kicks off as that's well. right that's right. And and they really know how to have a rocking good time in Antonio Bay. Yeah, there's all of five people there. Yeah, yeah, they're really woohoo! They're, no, they're killing that celebration. There's a lot of people yeah. there. Um, yeah. And the fog comes into the into the power station and into the weather station rather, and the power cuts at the weather station. And there's now, a Stevie warns Dan, doesn't she? What's that? Well. Um, <clears throat> Well, I think at this point, there's a phone call. Um, uh, does Nick see that the fog is moving in and does he ring Stevie at this point? And then she looks out the window from her radio station and sees that the fog is gone. No, she, he rings her from the, from the hospital. Right. And... and, and that they're, they're making they're talking about what happened to the the, the seagrass um and that there was a fog and she she confirms that she saw the fog as well coming in um and 
that's when they get in the car and she says, well, if I hear anything, I'll let you know. And she, she gets on the radio as she watches the fog approach the weather station. And then she lets them know for anyone that's interested, the fog's heading for the weather station. Yeah. Yeah. She's, like, she's, um, she's sort of pieced it together at this point. She knows that, you know, the, the fog's not behaving correctly and she's really quite worried. She gets, gets quite animated. In uh, later on, she does later, later on, she really gets, yeah, she's, really trying to warn everybody about what's happening with the fog. Um, weatherman Dan, he, um, he eats the dust with the knocking at the door um, mm-hmm. of the weather station. He opens the door and uh, he gets uh, murdered by some salt-bitten sea, sh- sea dog who's... Uh, with a hook. With a, with, a, with, a, with a meat hook. And, uh, and uh, again, no blood, you know, it's very muted. You know, the body's whisked away into the fog. That's right. Um, so they, they really, he, uh, John Carpenter goes to great lengths to make sure that this isn't too scary. And um, and Nick and Elizabeth turn up and there's nothing there. Um, so they, they head off again. Um, and that's when the, the, the weather, the fog starts pouring down towards um, towards the nanny's home. And the nanny lives on this interesting house that's on, like, on the water, literally on the water. Mm. Um, is that from, Stevie's house? N- I don't is think that, it, That's his room, though, isn't it? Uh, it, might be, it might be Stevie's house. It might just be babysitting. It's an interesting place to, um, to live, though, right on the ocean. Right on the water, yeah. Mm. And um, uh, the, the fog starts rolling in and she's on the radio, knowing that, um, knowing that Andy's going to be listening and the babysitter's going to be listening. Um, and he's, she's, she's imploring with them to lock all the windows and lock all the doors and not to open anything. And, you know, don't, don't go out into the fog because she's, there's something in it. There's something in that fog. And Nick and Elizabeth are, are also heading towards her house now. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then there's general power outages at that stage because that's I right. Think the fog. This is a very intuitive, very clever fog that can take out. You know, for a bunch of ghosts from 1880, they're awfully clever at taking out uh, generators. Um, I, th- I think the power station for the town gets sort of <clears throat> gets hit by the fog, and then there is a, a, a townwide power blackout. Yeah, so that point it's at that point that uh, the the whole the whole town just blacks out, and Mrs. Williams is still trying to go on with the uh, the celebration, but there's not really any point at that point because no one can um, no one can hear her, no one can you know she's it's just it's just a muted celebration at that yeah, point. It is. I thought it was going to turn into a bit of a gore fest, but you know. Um, similar to you know the movie The Mist and these things were just going to come out and oh, ripping a, people apart. That that had a very somber end. Yeah, yeah. To it. Well, that, but but you know uh, we really yeah, there there was a real disconnect there because everyone all there must have been at least a hundred people at this celebration. Yeah, and that's they, right. They just yeah, 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 hundred. That's a bit generous. Well, they, they, well the, the bleachers were quite full, though. Yeah, later on they were. Yeah, that's right. And uh, 
and and they're warned to move on as well. So they um, she hops in her car with her assistant. Sandy. Sandy. And they start driving around the town. Now they they're about one of the only people. They're about the only people who um, I think Nick and uh, Elizabeth were in their car. So yeah, because there's a site wide blackout. Well, no one's radios work. And no one's gone home. Unless you're in a vehicle. What I want to know is where have the townsfolk gone? They all just disappeared. They all disappeared. And it's you never to be seen again. It's weird because the, the fog rolls in on, um, on Sandy's house and uh, the, 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 the old lady babysitter gets taken and murdered by the, um, by the ghoulie ghosties. She's number five on the list. She's number five. Yeah, she's number five, and she's um, into the fog, uh, and you can just see these the shrouded apparitions descending on top of her with hooks. And I, I think right. you're right; it doesn't end well for um. No, for, she's she's, for she's she's not going to live through it. She's not kung fu nanny. No, and um and Andy's stuck in his bedroom, and the and the 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 um the ghosts are trying to break their way into his room through his door. Um. If they're ghosts, why don't they just walk through? Apparitions. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what they did. They traveled, like... the they traveled in the fog. Why couldn't they just do... Why couldn't they go under the door frames and stuff? Yeah. You know, like, like, the, like you know, the silver Terminator. And they, all, they always Terminator. politely knock four times. Mm, uh, who does that? I don't know. You know, for a leper, you don't want to knock too hard. Things might fall off. But no, not those guys. No, their knockers are working perfectly fine. Yes. <laughs> um, so so uh, Nick, Nick, Nick turns up and, and smashes Andy's bedroom window and pulls him out of there before he gets um, assaulted by fish hooks. And yeah, it had a real shining moment there um, where uh, the, the door was being pulled apart or peeled back. That's right. Um, and they hop in the, they hop in, uh, uh, they hop in uh, the, uh, uh, the, the wonderful truck and, and Elizabeth's driving it and she's trying to escape and it's, it's, it's basically the wheels are spinning. She can't get away. The ghouls are coming towards them. Um, and once again, at the last minute, they get the car to work and they're out of there. Yeah. Just before they get a Just assault. in the nick of time. Um, and they... No, no. Just in the nick of time. Oh, it's... <laughs> it's late, folks. <laughs> anyway, they... Um, they... Jeez. I don't know. <laughs> They, well, the plot was a bit weak at this point, so we're going to source it up a little bit. Yeah. So they... they uh, they get uh, the word to head for the church, the old church on the hill. Um, and Mrs. Williams and Sandy go there. Um, so there's Miss, there's Nick, Elizabeth, Andy, Andy, Sandy. Andy. <laughs> Mrs. Andy. Williams and Father Malone. Uh, the fog has now uh, encapsulated the lighthouse. And... Yeah. Uh, uh, at this point, um, um, Stevie, Stevie Wayne 
you know, she's she was busily giving everyone directions, uh, knowing full well that um, that she was sacrificing herself for the fog at this point. And you could see, you could hear it in her voice. She thought, "I'm a goner for sure." Did you get that? Is that what you? Yeah, yeah. She's like, she's wedging the door shut and hoping that she's going to be okay. But I think she's she's like telling people where to go for safety and knowing that she's probably got no way out at that point. Mm. Um, and the, uh, the, 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 other, the other lot are up in the church and the fog's making its way up there as well. So that, so it's really encompassing this, the, this group of seven people now, including, including Stevie Wayne. Stevie Wayne. Um, she, she makes her way out, doesn't she? She, she sort of, She's sort of backing away from this fog and eventually she ends up on the roof of the lighthouse. That's right. Um, and she actually gets a meat hook in her shoulder, but she made it, she's at that during, during the fight with the, the ghouls who were standing up on the, up on the lighthouse. Um, but, and All right. Okay. She does. Yeah. She gets a, she gets hooked, but during this time um, it's, Father Malone uh, realizes that um, that they the 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 um, the founding fathers didn't take the money, but Father Malone took the money and hid it within the church. So he stole the money. They 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 rescued the money. Then he stole the money of those guys. So whilst whilst everybody's like trying to avoid being pulled out of the church through windows and. And and Stevie's trying to fight off the 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 ghosts on top of the roof of the of the lighthouse. Uh, Father Malone picks up this gold cross, this enormous gold cross. Um, so the gold coins have been melted down, melted into- down, and turned into a gold cross for the church. Um, and he walks out into the church, and there's um, Blake um, and members of the crew standing at the back of the church. Um, and he hands them the gold cross, and Blake takes it. I but, think at this point he also says, "And take, take me, you know." And so take he's me. Himself, he, he's giving back right. because he, he feels it. Well, he feels he's got to pay for the wrongs of his of his of his forefather. So, and he would also be the sixth person to die as well during the six. Yes, he would be. So, he's holding the cross. And it looks like he's actually starting to catch fire, like he's starting to burn because he can't he can't let go of the cross while Blake's holding it. And Nick, in the nick of time again, pulls. pulls. <laughs> well, he was he was real turned into a real smoking Joe. I mean, they they turn the lights up and there's smoke billowing off him, and yeah, I thought, oh, he's going to catch on fire for sure. That's right. And he pulls him off, and 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 the ghosts leave, and it's that's with the gold, and it's at that. You know what? I was watching the football the other day, listening to the football the other day on the radio. And you know what they've you know what they've resorted to saying these days? No. Instead of spoiling the ball out of the pack or punching the ball, he fisted the pack. That's what they're saying. The guy says, Oh, he's he's fisted the pack. I thought that's a little bit inappropriate for kids. You're you're nothing if not a double entendre, okay? You know, I I, I felt it was wrong myself. But so speaking of pulling off, he um, 
<laughs> so he puts Father Malone off the um, off the off off. Oh God! He drags him away. <laughs> I can't. He drags him away. He drags him away. Thank you. He drags him away from from Blake and the cross, um, and that's when the, the the fog starts to dissipate, and Stevie's left on the roof without any ghosts. The fog's gone. Um, it's left the church. Everybody's survived. Everybody's okay. And In the life kind of goes back. Life kind of goes back to normal. Everybody, everybody <coughs> leaves and heads for town. And the priest goes back into the church. Um, and the, the fog, even though it's left, starts pouring underneath the church door. And Father, yeah. Father Malone... Well, at this him. point, I thought the father had actually set fire to the church. No, no, he because he was so casual, and then there was smoke coming, and I thought, oh, that's just genuine smoke. He's no, I, I thought it back because I, 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 I was like, it's not going to end like that. It can't just end. It can't just end like everything resolved. Yeah, too easily. And so, the fog poured through the door. Father Malone turns around, and the crew's standing at the back of the church within the fog again. And that's when he turns around, and Blake, like, just. Cuts him, cuts him down, and that's the end of the, and that's and the credits roll, bang, bang, just like that. Film's done. Yeah, and And it really, really black, and the the credits are just black and white. That's right. It's 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 such a such a muted palette. It's just everything about this movie is just peeled back. It's just it's 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 a very. Oh, sparse movie as far as like lots of full of in your face visuals and blood and all that sort of thing. Well, well, no, no blood. How much was this movie to make? 1.1 million, according to the, the Wikipedia. Wow. And it, made, and it made 25. In 1980, that's cheap as chips. I oh, know. It's, it's a good, good movie. Well, good, good, good money making movie anyway. Um, How much did it make? 25. Wow. So, yeah, it made, made a lot in comparison to how much it cost to make. Brilliant. So we're, we're, at, that, we're at, the, at that point where I have to ask you your opinion. Um, <laughs> so what do you think of this film? What, 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 what do you score it out of 10? <clears throat> oh, look, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm going to give it a... I love I, I love John Carpenter, and I think that he 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 um he was just straight storytelling on this one. This was just a ghost story. This and his audience were um were a younger crowd because there was it was it wasn't graphic compared to his other movies. Like you said, it was it was wedged between Halloween and The Thing, and both pretty out there movies. Um, and this one was was not those two movies. I think he he went for a different audience, and I think it was a pretty good job. I really like the opening scene where the, they sort of set the tone with that that pretty awesome story. That um, and uh, and they had a few elements that tied in quite nicely. I thought it was a bit clumsy. Too many scene changes, and uh, I'm I'm going to give it. Ah, ah, I'm going to give it a. Six out of ten. 
for for John Carpenter on this one. Oh, thank God for that. I thought I was going to be the low one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you picked it. I know, I know. And then I watched it and I was like, I thought this was better than I thought it was. Like, this was better than the last time I watched it. Um, you're right. It switched between those those two brilliant movies. brilliant movies, you know, Halloween and and The Thing. And as you say, I think he has kind of shifted towards a slightly younger audience. Um, but these movies do that through time. If you look at like the movie, the way the movies, the movie choices that he makes, yeah. you know, he's he, he's he's gone for the the, the young lovers in uh, Starman, you know. Yes, he's gone for the crazy sci-fi in Dark Star, it, it, scary Halloween. The Thing is like a you know sort of a weird sci-fi alien aliens meets um, uh, Scott of the Antarctic. Um, there was that. There was that. Um, Mars, Ghosts of Mars, Big Trouble Ghost in Little China. He he went for the vampire lot in you know vampires. Yeah, and uh, so you know his movie choices are kind of all all over the place with regards to he doesn't stick to one almost one one genre of of movie. So look, I thought that it was clunky. The special effects were a little bit hokey, and uh, you know, if had he been going for like a more uh, mature audience, um, and he was going for that blood factor, I think that that the the gore factor probably would have compensated for the the nineteen eighty special effects. You know, the fog. He's he basically used a smoke machine with a spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> really to create that supernatural effect and so it's it's a, it's a little bit disappointing and and the acting's a little bit stilted through it as well i mean adrian barbeau is always quite good she was in uh, escape from new york and she's yeah. she's quite good in that um and jamie lee curtis's mother who plays mrs williams in the oh movie. she was like a parody of herself yeah she was it was, it was yeah it was it was a it, little it, disappointing. It, it was it almost shouldn't have been in there. It should have been taken out. No, she, she... That whole dynamic, the PA in this film. I don't even think she needed to be in the film. No. I think she was purely in the film because Jamie Lee Curtis was in the film. Mm. She's like, I'll be in the film if you have my mum in. Shoehorn her in. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm going to, I am going to probably agree with you and say, uh, uh, I can't, I, you know, given what I would give a normal John Carpenter movie, I can't in good conscience give this film anything higher than a six. But in saying that, great Halloween movie for Lily's, you know, in this day. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a that blood and guts and stuff. Yeah, Lily's 10 and over. 10, um, 10 and over. All right. Okay. Okay. So awesome. that's, so we're all done. That's, that's it from me for this time around. Enjoy your Halloween. Don't eat yep. too much sugar. Don't let the kids eat too much sugar and don't let them hide it under the mattress because you'll right. find it in four years' time. <laughs> All fuzzy and stuff. Okay. So, so be well, safe. Look, it's, been, it's been a pleasure. It has. It's always a pleasure, never a chore, as mm. they say. Okay. So, well, until we meet again. Until we meet again, we'll see you next time. Adios. Adios. You've been listening to That Shit Movie's Quite Good. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
If there's a movie out there you want me to watch and review instead of mowing the bloody lawn, please, dear God, send me an email. No, I really do it. Now, just, just make one up.